Amen. We'll turn to the word of the Lord today. Amen. I wonder before we do that, if we give the Lord another hand clap of praise for all of our visitors. Amen. We love visitors. Our junior church may be dismissed at this time also. Our junior church may be dismissed if you got your Bibles and you'll turn with me to the book of Acts, uh, the third chapter. Acts, the third chapter. Amen. As our children exit while you're turning uh, to the word of the Lord. Amen. I want to say what a wonderful time we had last Sunday here. Amen. As Brother Harper ministered to us. How many enjoyed that service last week? Praise God. How many still basking in the presence of the Lord today? Amen. I I tell you, I'm, I'm excited. Amen. I am excited. I am anxious. I am expecting in these last days. It's no time for the church to get weary. It's no time for the church to get comfortable. Amen. But we got to continue to expect. And every time we walk through these doors, expect the Lord to move. Amen. I do want to also say it's good to have Jesse and Kayla back with us today. I see you back there sneaking in and back. Amen. We've been missing y'all. Amen. When you're not here. Amen. We thank the Lord for you being with us today. Acts, the third chapter. Shout out yes if you're there. Amen. There's still two people ain't there. I could tell a difference. I'll let you get there real quick. Shout out yes when you get to Acts 3. Yeah, all right. Acts, the third chapter. I'll be reading verse 1 through 11. A very familiar passage of Scripture. Not trying to wow you today, but I do got a word from the Lord, if that's all right. Amen. Acts, the third chapter, the first verse, the Bible says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them who entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon the lame man with John, said unto him, Look on us. The Bible says that the lame man gave heed unto them, expecting. Tell your neighbor, I came expecting today. Tell your other neighbor, I came expecting today. The lame man was expecting to receive something of Peter and of John. Peter looks as this man has fastened his eyes upon him, and he said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, sir, oh, my Lord, such as I have, sir, I give it unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And I want you to watch what happens next. Peter reaches down and he takes him by the right hand and he lifted him up, the Bible says, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he, the lame man, leaping up, stood and walked and entered in 
with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. He didn't run down the street to Grandma's house. When he got what he needed from God, he went straight into the temple. (laughs) And he leaped up, stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat at alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John. That right there tells us how excited this man was. He held them. He embraced them. He, and as he held Peter and John, all of the people ran together under them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. I want to preach for a few moments today on this subject. Moving to my miracle. Moving to my miracle. If you feel the Holy Ghost right now, I want you to lay your Bible down in your seat. I want you to clear your hearts and your minds from all your troubles, all of your anxieties. And let's give some praise for just a moment in this house unto the Most High today. Come on, somebody give him some praise today. Come on, the Lord loves your praise today. The Lord inhabits your praise today. The Lord will respond to your praise today if you'll just give him some praise all over this house. Hallelujah. Moving to my miracle. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. But don't get too comfortable. Amen. Because if you'll help me, I feel like preaching for a moment. Amen. So don't get too comfortable on me today. Amen. Moving to my miracle. Amen. Sometimes in life, we we realize that it's time for a move. If you're living in a deteriorating neighborhood, and they're selling drugs out in front of your house. Crime is on the rise. You might tell your wife, honey, I think it's time that we move. If you are working a dead-end job with no future at that job, somebody offers you a good job that you would have to relocate to have in another area. You might say, honey, I think it's time that we move. Sometimes in life, church, we just got to think about it's time to move. And listen, but I propose to this body today that there is an external move, and there is an internal move. (laughs) 
Praise the Lord. There, there is an external move and there is an internal move. And an external move is not always the answer. Come on, an external move is not always the answer. Listen, if the reason why you can't get anywhere on your job is because you call in twice a week and you won't do what your boss asks you to do, switching jobs ain't going to help you. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost today. Huh? If, 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 you're, if, you, if you won't go to work and you won't listen to what your boss says, a change of location, it ain't going to help you. Come on, if, if the drugs that are being sold out in front of the house and the crime that's getting committed in the neighborhood is your very own teenager doing it, an external move ain't going to do you no good. You're in need of an internal move. You're, you're in need of an internal move today. Come on. Uh, the, the Bible uh, tells us that good understanding giveth good favor, and the way of the transgressor is hard. And No matter where you're living at, no matter where you're working at, transgression will still be transgression. And a change of location and a change of atmosphere is never going to change what transgression is. Unfaithfulness to God is unfaithfulness to God. And the way of the transgressor, the Bible says, is hard. The best part of this verse is often left out when we quote it. But if we concentrate on obtaining and understanding Uh, and obtaining good understanding with God, we will never have to worry about the way of the transgressor being hard. But it's when we get away from God. It's when we accept things for the way they are. It's when we say we're not willing to do what God tells us to do. We're not willing to go where God tells us to go. We're not willing to change what God tells us to change. The way of the transgressor will always be hard. Amen. And the best part of this verse is often left out. If we concentrate on good understanding, we won't have to worry about how hard the way of the transgressor is. And the Bible says, So shalt thou find favor and good understanding In the sight of God and man, for if you find favor with God, you find favor with man also. Church, sometimes we need a move, but it ain't always an external move that we need. Sometimes we need an internal move. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we need an internal move. How many know that God is able to take us from the deepest valley and set us on the highest mountain? But you gotta be willing to move. Come on, you gotta be willing to move. You gotta be willing to get up and say, Lord, send me, I'll go. Lord, tell me and I'll do it. Lord, convict me of it and I'll change it. Lord, just tell me and I'll do it. We gotta be willing to make an internal move. You know, the, the early church did not know the Bible as we do today. In fact, they didn't even have Bibles yet to read. If there wasn't a scholar that was somewhere reading out loud the scrolls, they didn't get to hear or to read the Word of God. They didn't have Bibles yet. 
Bibles had not yet been published yet. We're a privileged people because at any time we can turn to the word of the Lord. But the, the, the early church didn't have this advantage. Uh, uh, they didn't always get to hear and to read the word of God, but they knew God was real. Come on, they, they knew God was real. And, and they were determined that nothing was going to stop them. They believed that the entire world needed the truth that they had, and they was determined that they were going to take that truth to them. Nothing was going to stop them. They believed the entire world needed the truth. And they got the results that they got because they walked by faith and not by sight. They got those results uh, because the Bible tells us that the elders by faith will obtain a good report. They believed God. They, they believed God, and they got the results because they walked by faith and not by sight. They weren't looking for somebody to appease them like folks are today. I got two rights, two, two that's rights. They weren't looking to be patty cake like we are today. They weren't looking to be pampered like we are today. They weren't looking to be appeased. All that mattered was getting to heaven. No matter what you got to tell me, just tell me, preacher. No matter what you got to show me, Lord, just show me, Lord. No matter what I got to change, I'll change it, Lord. I just want to make it to heaven. They weren't looking to be appeased. They weren't looking to be pampered. They just wanted to make it to heaven. Oh, to God that the church will get it down in their spirit today that all that matters is making it to heaven. All that matters is making it to heaven. They got results because they walked by faith and not by sight. Church, they weren't spoiled by all of these modern conveniences that we have today. No. They weren't, they weren't spoiled by gasoline engines that got them there quickly. They walked. Come on they, they weren't spoiled by a nice door that walked right into the sanctuary. They had to make an offering, a sacrifice out in the courtyard. And then they had to wash, and then they had to go in and go from piece to piece to piece of furniture before they got back to where the Holy of Holies was. They weren't spoiled by all of these modern conveniences that we have to do today. Whatever they had to do to come into the presence of the Lord, they were willing to do it. They were willing, church, listen to me today. They were willing to go through the mess to get to the miracle. You know what my fear is for the modern church today is they want the miracle without the mess. Can I tell you something today? Can I pastor for a moment? You're never going to get to a miracle without going through a mess. Come on. Might not be, not, might not feel good, might not be popular, but you're never going to get to your miracle unless you're willing to go through your mess today. Hallelujah. Come on, they weren't spoiled like we are today. They were willing to go through their mess to get to their miracle. You see, you might have given up on your today, but the Lord is already in your tomorrow. <laughs> 
You might say, well, Lord, I've just accepted it. It is what it is. But the Lord's saying, you don't even know what I got in store for you. Eyes have not seen it. Ears have not heard it. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things that I have prepared for those that love me, those that trust me, those that are faithful to me, those that don't give up in every season, those that stick with me through thick and through thin, those that love me unconditionally. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. The things that I have in store for those that love me and put their trust in me. Church, you're never going to get to your miracle without going through your mess. You're never going to get to what God has for you if you're not willing to endure what God must put you through to get to it. Come on, we are a spoiled people today from modern conveniences. And sometimes we accept things for the way they are. I was telling my wife the other day, I said, you know, I'm really troubled by the fact that people just seem to just accept this is what it is. No, honey, this is never just what it is. We always got to come expecting what God is going to do. Come on, it, it never is just what it is. We don't, we don't just accept trouble and turmoil and confusion because confusion is not of God. Come on, confusion is not of God. And we don't have to accept what the world says the new normal is. No, honey, we're still going to believe God for greater things. And he said, "What? He, come on, he said, greater things shall ye do. If you'll just put your trust in the Lord today, I'm telling you, the Lord will open the windows of heaven and he'll pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain today. But you got to be willing to go through your mess to get to your miracle." you got to be willing to go through your mess to get to your miracle. Let me tell you something. Ruth never would have been redeemed by Boaz if she hadn't followed Naomi out of that God-forsaken place. No, no. Listen, Ruth never would have been redeemed by Boaz if there hadn't been a famine in the land. She had to go through her mess to get to her miracle. Come on, (laughs) Come on, somebody. Esther would have never, Esther would have never become queen. Esther would have remained an orphan if she hadn't got out of that God forsaken place and went to live with her cousin Mordecai. Come on. She would have still remained an orphan. She had to go through her mess to get to her miracle. And Haman hanged upon the gallows because Esther was willing to endure her mess to get to her miracle. Daniel would have never sat with influence in the king's palace if it weren't for the lion's den. Joseph would have never had the authority to save his family if they hadn't first sold him out. All of these great biblical figures had to go through their mess to get to their miracle. You're never going to get to your miracle as long as you're distracted by your mess. The Bible says in Psalms 1 and 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Listen to me today. If blessed is the man that does not do these things, then cursed is the man that does. You know what that means? Cursed is the man that standeth 
in 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 the in the seat uh, the sitteth in the seat of the scornful, standeth in the way of the sinner. Come on, listen. God ain't never gonna bless you as long as you're just sitting around being scornful all the time. If you got your eyes off of the miracle and got them focused on the mess, you're sitting in the seat of the scornful today. You're standing in the way of the sinner today. You're taking your counsel from the ungodly today. It's time to get your eyes off of the mess and get your eyes back on the miracle. The man, Listen, the mess is just the atmosphere for the miracle. You say, Lord, why I got to go through this? Come on, you say, Pastor, you just don't know. You you just don't understand what I'm going through. You just don't understand how big my mess is. Yeah, I do. Your mess is nothing more than an atmosphere for your miracle. Come on. Your mess is nothing more than an atmosphere for a miracle. The Lord is preparing you for the great things that he has in store for you. Come on, if you'll just get out of that God-forsaken place, if you'll just be ready to make an internal move, if you just be willing to say, Lord, whatever it is, I got to change, I'll change it. I just need to be in your presence. I just need to be in your will. I just need to be under the fountain where the glory is coming out. I just, I just got to be in your presence, Lord. I just got to be in your will, Lord. I just want to be in your way, Lord. Whatever it is, whatever I got to change, whatever I got to do, Lord, just let me be in your will today. And when you make up your mind to get your eyes off of the mess and get it back on the miracle, get ready because something's about to happen. A miracle is coming. A miracle is coming. But you got to get out of that God-forsaken place. You got to get up and start moving towards your miracle. Then you'll be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. Come on. Then... If you'll just get up and make your move, then you'll bring forth in your forth fruit in your season. That's what the Bible says. Amen. If you'll just get up and move towards your miracle, the leaf also, the Bible says, shall not wither. And whatsoever you do shall prosper. But you got to be in God's will. You got to get your eyes off of the mess and back on the miracle. It's kind of it's kind of like the story of the elderly man and woman who were riding in his truck. One day, an elderly woman looks to her husband, and she says, they're riding along in his truck, and she says, Honey, I remember when we used to sit so close in your truck that people didn't know if there was one person in there or two. And the elderly man looks to his beautiful older wife and he says, Honey, you do realize this truck is configured like it always has been. I'm still sitting right here behind the steering wheel. I'm still right here in the driver's seat, right here where I have always been. I haven't moved an inch. You're the one that moved over to your window. Come on, we're saying, Lord, why is it I can't feel you? Lord, why is it I don't feel touched by you? Lord, why is it I don't feel your arm around me? And the Lord's saying, I'm right here where I always been. I'm still in the driver's seat. I'm right here. I'm in control of this thing. You're the one that moved away from me. Why did you move away from me? 
Why did you move away from me? I come to tell somebody it's time to get up and move toward your miracle. If you want to be touched by God, you want to be embraced by God, you want to be loved by God, you want to be close by God, it's time to slide back over in that seat where people can't tell whether there's one or two. Come on, whether there's one or two. That old lady's boy, she realized that was a wise old man she was talking to. He started sliding back over in that seat. I want there to be one and not two. I want to be in him and him in me. I want to be in him and him in me. I want to be one with God. I want to be one with the Lord. I want to be one with the Holy Ghost. I want to be filled with the spirit of the living God. I want to get my eyes off my mess and on my miracle today. You're never going to get to your miracle without enduring your mess. I love that verse that Brother Paul quotes all the time. Where there is no oxen, the crib will always be clean. Come on. If you want the strength of an ox, you got to take the mess that the ox leaves. Huh? You're never going to get to a miracle without a mess. God doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. No, God allows us to go through things. God allows us to endure things. We used to sing that old song. says, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know Jesus could solve them. Come on, the Lord's allowing you to go through your mess so you can get to your miracle. But you got to take your eyes off of the mess, and you got to put it on the miracle. The Lord's saying, why did you move? I didn't move. I'm still right here. I'm still right here. Lord, why can't I feel your presence? Why do you feel so far away from me? And the Lord's saying, I'm still right here where I've always been. Touch your neighbor and say, I gotta move. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, I gotta move. I'm tired. I'm tired of being an orphan. I gotta move. I'm tired of not feeling the presence of the Lord. I gotta move. I'm not talking about an external move. I'm talking about an internal move. It's time for me to take, take note of myself. It's time for me to search me, oh God. Search my ways, oh God. To discover me, Lord. Know me, oh God. Help me to be more like you. I need an internal move. I need an internal move in the Lord saying, I'm right here where I've always been. I'm right here where I've always been. You're the one who's moved away from me. Why did you move away from me? Come on back over here. Come on back over here. So we say, you know what? I got to move. I'm tired of being an orphan. I want to be a queen. I'm tired of staying in a pit. I want to live in the king's house. Come on, somebody. I'm tired of not having what God has in store for me. It's time for me to wake up and realize today that I need an internal move, and it's time for me to move to my miracle. Church, come on. I know you get tired. When you ain't feeling the presence of the Lord, it's hard to stay strong. But the Lord's saying, I didn't move. I'm the same yesterday, today, forevermore. The same place you felt me is the same place you'll feel me again. You're the one who moved away from me. You're the one who walked away from me. You're the one who slid across that vinyl seat to get away from me. I'm still right here in the driver's seat. You got to understand, if you're going to receive a miracle, you got to move to where your miracle is at. Your miracle ain't over at the window. Your miracle's over being embraced by the Lord.
Your miracle's not over there as far away as you can get and still be in the truck. You know, that's how some people try to live in the church. I want to go all the way out to the outer edge and live as close as I can to the world, but remain in the church. No, honey, that ain't the way this works. You don't get as far away from God as you can and still be in the church. You want to be as close to the Lord as you can and as far away from the world as you can today. Hallelujah. I still believe in consecration. I still believe in holiness. I still believe in living right before God today. Hallelujah. That old man tells that old woman, honey, get back over here where you can feel me wrap my arms around you. Come on. Come on. You got to understand, for you to receive a miracle, you got to get to where the miracle's at. Come on. A hundred years before the flood came, Noah started building an ark. He didn't build the ark Brother Tommy, because it started raining. He built the ark in preparation for the rain. (laughs) I I feel the Lord speaking to somebody today. Come on. He didn't wait till it started raining. The problem is the, the church wants to wait and use the Lord as the last result for their problems. No, the Lord said that ain't the way it's supposed to be. You serve me unconditionally. You worship me. You, you serve me. You live for me unconditionally. And when your trials come, I'll see you through them. No, a hundred years before the flood came, he started building that ark. He didn't build it because it started raining. He built it in preparation for the rain. You see, Noah performed before the storm. The church needs to perform before the storm. The church don't wait till the storm comes. We live for God before the the storm is ever even thought of. And when the storm comes, we're ready for the storm. (laughs) The church needs to perform before the storm today. God gave him a plan for the saving of his family. He got up and he started moving towards his miracle. And you know what? When the rain started descending and the rain started coming from and the water started rising from beneath, you know what? He was ready. The plan was already in place. You've been given the plan of salvation today. You know what it takes to get you to heaven. You don't wait till you got some big problem to try and live for God. No, you live for God right now while you have an opportunity to live for God today. God will never be your last resort. No, he wants you to live for him now. He wants you to live for him now. Look at Abraham. Abraham left his home in search of a city he knew not of. He trusted God. God said, get up and move, Abraham. Get out of this place. Leave everything you, you know, everything you love. Abraham, just leave it behind you. He said, Abraham understood that you got to go before you know. That ain't the way it works in our flesh. We want to know before we go. But that ain't the way it works with God. You go before you know. Because that's walking by faith and not by sight. 
That's living for God unconditionally. You got to go before you know. You're never going to get to to the miraculous until you start learning to trust God in every situation. In every situation. The Bible tells us, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Sometimes, church, your pain is the staging of a miracle. Think about that the next time you want to throw in the towel because something comes your way. Think about that the the next time you want to walk away from God because the road got a little rough. Sometimes your pain is the staging of a miracle. God is getting you ready for your next season. In our text today, Peter and John are on their way to the temple. They're on their way to the temple to pray, so they're already in a mindset that they need to be in. Come on, it's kind of like when you're on your way, Brother Carl, to Wednesday night prayer night, you ain't worried about everything else that's going on. You're already got your mindset, I'm on my way to the house of the Lord to pray. So they were already in the right mindset. They were on their way to pray. And, and as they were walking up into the temple, there lays a man laying begging. And the Bible says that he asked of them alms. Can, can I just tell you this? The church needs less spectators and more participators. <laughs> the church needs less spectators and more participators. That's what, that's what the church needs today. It needs people that are willing to do what they got to do. Come on, listen, miracles are not for spectators today. Miracles are for participators today. The Bible says that that lame man, that lame man asks alms of Peter and John. Peter looks at the lame man and he tells this lame man, he says, look on us. In other words, give me your attention. He says, give me your attention. And the Bible says that he gives heed to Peter and John. In other words, he fastens his eyes upon them. He's looking at Peter and John. And listen, not only did this lame man give Peter and John his attention, but he came, and the Bible says he expected from Peter and John. He expected, when he asked of them something, he fully expected that they were going to give him something in return. Oh, to God, that the church today would come expecting something from God. Brother Caleb said it earlier. I remember a time when the church wouldn't walk through the doors without expecting something from God. I remember back in those days, people saying, man, I can't wait to get to church today. I can't wait to see what God's going to do today. I can't wait to see who's going to go to the altar and pray today. I can't wait to see who's going to get a blessing today. Let me tell you something. The enemy's out to steal the expectation of the church. If you never expect, look, whatever you come to church expecting, that's all you can receive. Huh? That's all you can receive. If you don't expect anything, you ain't going to receive anything. But if you come expecting something from God, the Lord can open the windows of heaven and he can pour you out a blessing that you are not able to contain today. Church, you're never going to get to your miracle without going through your mess. We need to come into the presence of the Lord expecting today. Can I tell you today, 
It's not the preacher's job to keep you awake. Mm. Ain't the preacher's job to keep you off your cell phone. Oh, your spiritual disciplines ought to do that for you. It ain't the preacher's job to entertain you. It's the preacher's job to come in here and to, and to keep the fire burning. That's what the preacher's job is. It's your job to carry the oil to the preacher. It's your job to bring an usher in the presence of the Lord into this house today. you got to come expecting something from God. God never responded to inactivity. He never responded to inactivity. God never rewarded laziness. God never rewarded a lack of correspondence. He never rewarded these things. God is not in these things. Come on. The lame man didn't receive while he was sitting on the ground. You, you, you realize I never, I never really paid much attention to that until I read it this week. The lame man did not receive his miracle sitting on the ground. <laughs> the Lord required of him a move. You see, the Bible says he was expecting of Peter and John, and he asked alms of Peter and John. But then Peter says, listen here, sir. I don't got no money to give to you. But what I do got, <laughs> sir, you about to get it. What I do got, I'm about to give it to you. And you know what he does? He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want you to rise up and walk. And you know what that man looked at him? He's expecting a Peter. Peter reaches down with his hand. He grabs him up, and he pulls him up to his feet. And the Bible says, when he stood up, when he moved to his miracle, his feet and his ankle bone started receiving strength. He didn't get it laying on the ground feeling sorry for himself. He got it when he stood up. He got it when he moved to his miracle. Church, you got to move to your miracle. Don't think you're, you're serving a God today that doesn't require anything of you. Don't buy into that lie today. You got to live for God. You got to move. You got to move towards your miracle. If you want to see the miraculous, you got to move to your miracle. When Peter raised that man up, he had to be willing to move. He had to be willing to get up, Sister Donna. If he had said, no, sir, I'm not, I, you can't pull me up. My feet won't hold me. He would have never got his miracle. But when Peter reached down and got a hold of him and he went to raise him up, he said, all right, come on, buddy, I'm with you. You said you was going to give me what you got. Just pull me on up. And when he did, his feet and his ankle bones received strength, and he started leaping and praising and worshiping God. And he ran right into the temple and embraced Peter and John. He was so happy about what the Lord had done for him. Stand with me all over this house as the musicians come quickly. I was reading this week in the book of Exodus, the 14th chapter. And I never noticed this. I never noticed this. But until I read it this week. In Exodus, the 14th chapter, something stood out to me as I read it. The Bible says that when the children of Israel had gone as far as they could go, they got the Red Sea in front of them. They got the armies of Egypt behind them. They had gone as far as they could go. And you know what? 
they started getting all upset and all kinds of worried. They started telling Moses, they said, Moses, why did you bring us out of Egypt? At least there we had food. Yeah, they, they were, we were slaves, but at least there we had something to eat and we had water to drink. You brought us all this way to just let us die. And you know what, Moses, the Bible says that Moses tells the children of Israel, he says, just stand still. Sister Melissa, he says, stand still and watch the salvation of the Lord. Anybody, everybody remember that? section of scripture when Moses tells the children stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and you know what then he started crying out to the Lord boohooing and all this stuff Lord what's going on here you told me to tell Pharaoh let these people go now I brought these people all this way and here we are we got the Red Sea here we got the Egyptians army here and we're about to die what did you think and Lord why why did you do this to us and you know what the Bible says that the Lord said to Moses He said, why are you still calling out to me? Why are you still calling out to me? Why did you tell these people to stop? You get these people moving. The Lord told Moses, he said, you tell these people start moving again. And you know what he said? He said, and when they start moving, you get out in front of them and you lift up your rod and you stretch out your hand over the water and I'm going to cause the water to part and they're going to walk across on dry land. When they stopped, their miracle was not going to happen. But the Lord said, don't stop. Start moving again. Start moving towards your miracle. You start walking towards that water expecting it to part. That's faith. That's faith. Standing there and saying, I'm at the end of my journey. I'm at the end of my rope. That's not walking by faith. But when you walk to the Red Sea and you say, I got no place else to go and Satan is coming close behind me, the Lord said, just get them moving again. Get them moving towards the miracle again. And when they started moving, Moses walked over to that water. He lifted up that rod and he stretched out his hand, brother Sam, over that water, just like the Lord told him to do. And the wind caused that sea to part. And they walked across on dry land. Can I tell you, they never would have got to their miracle of the promised land if they were not willing to endure their mess. You're not ever going to get to your miracle, church, if you don't want your mess. God gave you a mess to prepare you for the miracle. Come on. The Lord said, why did you stop these people, Moses? Why? Why did you stop these people? Tell them to start moving forward again, Moses. And lift up your rod and stretch out your hand. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to perform the miraculous. They walked right into their miracle. And today you can walk right into your miracle. Today, if you'll just keep moving. If you'll just keep trusting. If you'll just keep serving the God. Come on, if you'll just keep loving Him. If you'll be faithful to Him. God can give you your miracle today. But you got to be willing to endure your mess. These altars are open today. As we sing this song, I need some prayer warriors to come up here today. Amen. We just got a, a note that Sister June Pender is unresponsive. And uh, we, so we need the Lord to move today. Amen. I want you to to come up here and let's just seek the Lord for her today and for this family today. We know that God is able. 
Amen. Come on, but we got to go through our mess to get through our miracle. Amen. As we sing this song unto the Lord today, these altars are open. Would you come today? Would you come and seek the Lord? Would you come and just live faithfully to God? Would you come and trust God today? Would you come and tell Him He's all that matters in your life today? You got to get through your mess. You got to keep moving. Move towards your miracle. Move towards your miracle. Don't ever stop living for God. Just keep living for God and move towards your miracle today.